hear the Gospel of our Saviour Christ according to St. Luke chapter 23, beginning at verse 33. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And my words be in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> So now we have rotograms and quetograms. You heard it first here. <laughs> rotograms <coughs> is a one, a rotogram is a one followed by 27 zeros, and a quetogram has 30 zeros. And apparently the Earth weighs six rotograms. Sometimes we are faced with concepts which are so vast that they are hard to grasp in our finite minds. And last Sunday, and today again, we are reflecting on the theme of Christ the King. It is one of those big theme <coughs> Sundays in our lectionary when we are asked to stop and to reflect, and to perhaps come away with the conclusion, wow. Most of us can picture Jesus of Nazareth historical Jesus, as scholars try to uncover from the pages of the Gospels. We can visualize, and I can visualize a man who walked and talked with people, who ate meals with them, who tried <coughs> using memorable parables, who challenged the complacent and comforted the weak and marginalized, who healed people and gave them hope. But it's much harder to grasp the Jesus Christ who is at the same time the God, particularly 
in that reading from Colossians we had a few moments ago. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And so here we are given pretty big concepts. Dare I say it, rhonogram or even quetogram theology. Most feast days in the church calendar have their origin in the first Christian millennium. And of course you'll know from your lectures that Christ the King enters via the Roman Catholic Church and their election in 1925 on the influence of Pope Pius XI and then subsequently through the revised common lecture to us. And there's always a debate about whether the last Sunday should have been the last Sunday before Advent or Christ the King. I'm sure that's an essay title because of British. <laughs> Uh, or an exam question, which is preferable. <laughs> and in the lecture, so often, how stir up, O Lord, or we bypass that. And of course, we have great hymns. One of my favorites is Christ Triumphant, Ever Reigning. And just three short weeks ago, at my consecration in Christ Church Cathedral, one of the hymns we sang was Christ is the King, O Friend, Rejoice, with that great Alleluia's that you have at the end of each verse. But last Sunday, in a little rural cathedral, Lachlan Cathedral, St. Lazarians, I was enthroned and I tried to find ways of communicating to a largely rural diocese what Christ the King means, try and get that Quetaram uh, theology and how to apply it in a way which was meaningful. And I came up with three words. I don't often preach three word sermons, and probably you're taught not to preach three word sermons, so I think the same letter, but I'm breaking all the rules today and doing it. Because it came to, to my mind that, of course, first of all, we are saying that Jesus is the supreme king. New Testament's early creed is the simplest one, Jesus is Lord. And if you say that by implication, the first generations were saying, if Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not Lord. And that was something radical and profoundly dangerous in the Roman Empire's treason. Last Sunday, the 20th of November, was also the date when the Nuremberg trials began in 1945, when uh, Nazis, uh, Nazis were put on trial for war crimes. And it's a chilling reminder of a time in history when people were asked to worship the state and a charismatic dictator like Adolf Hitler, when they gave over the worship of God to things that shouldn't have been worshipped. And so when we say Jesus is king or Jesus is Lord, we're saying that no dictator or state could ever take the place of Jesus. And when a church contributes to the political sphere, and it should do, it should make positive contributions from time to time, we do so with the knowledge that actually ultimately while we pray for those in authority and we support them in every way we can, supreme authority rests in God and in the God revealed in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is our supreme but of course, as the Gospel reading that uh, I just read a moment ago reminds us, Jesus was also a suffering king. When the soldiers beat him uh, prior to his crucifixion, they hailed him as king of the Jews. An ironic statement in the Gospels. Of course he was king. But on his, on his head was not a crown of gold or diamonds, but thorns. And the throne he reigns from is not a gilded throne, there's a cushion on it, it is the cross. There he reigns. He triumphed through suffering, but not bypassing it. And so today I think, as a 
church, we have to beware of religion which offers a quick success or a route to glory, a superficial path to some sort of quick and easy triumphalism. It's a trick. It can be tempting, and it can be a time that's easy to preach, but guard against that temptation. And today, when we're continuing to remember the people in Ukraine and their suffering, and indeed elsewhere in the world that are suffering, we can hold on to the image of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, but the Christ who still bears the scars of suffering, the God who reigns from the throne, the throne of the cross. And we hope and pray that they will find comfort and support in that as we pray for an end for that conflict, but also other people in situations of conflict will draw hope that in the end, suffering is not the end, but they have the worship of God who understands because he didn't bypass suffering for his own future. One of the most powerful, the final word there that I read to people last week was this, Jesus is the servant king. And I reflected very briefly on a reading that we had last <coughs> Sunday, the parable of the sheep and the goats. One of those readings in the Gospels that really makes me think. They will ask, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or sick or in need or in prison and so on? And then Jesus replies, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. Jesus is a servant king. And last Sunday, the 20th of November, was also International Children's Day. Because on that date in 1959, the UN, UN General Assembly <coughs> adopted the Declaration of the Rights of the Child. And on the 20th of November, the General Assembly, uh, in 1989, they adopted the Convention on the Rights of the Child. And of course, we've been aware in the media recently, again, it comes from time to time, how the church and the state have not clothed themselves in glory when it comes to looking after cases of historic abuse in schools or institutions or indeed in parishes. The challenge of us all is to look after our children and put that as a priority, to look after the most vulnerable. Jesus is a servant king and to put the most vulnerable first. And so those three words I left the people with in Rockland last Sunday, I share them with you. Christ Jesus is the supreme king, the suffering king, and the servant king. But I'll end by again referring to something in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus was once asked a question about greatness. His disciples were again jockeying for position. Who is going to be on his right and who is going to be on his left? <coughs> he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus turned the question around. And he said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child and put, and he put a child among them and said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So I think the simplest, perhaps that's in the end the only way that we can truly honor Christ. Thank you.